0: citizens of the reject nation we just got out of watching killers of the flower moon on IMAX. I want to thank IMAX for inviting us. I want to thank Gabriella especially for inviting us. You. Because she is letting us shoot you. here right now when everything is cleared out. And we want to make this short. The portrait she, of patience. She is being so kind <laughs> to let us shoot this, like ob- obnoxious teenagers wanting to make a little vlog video for you guys. So with that in mind, IMAX is the best thing in the world. The second we were invited, it was one that we said yes to right away. Reason why Martin Scorsese, especially on my end between the two of us is my all-time favorite director so the idea of seeing one of his movies on my favorite screen and i'm not just saying that it is my favorite screen yeah i have to see killers of the flower moon so undoubtedly a very biased i'm gonna be like yeah it's the best way to watch this movie (laughs) i max it all the way but with that in mind like i said we got to keep it short we didn't know anything about this movie before watching it we never did a trailer reaction for it All all i knew was scorsese De Niro, DiCaprio, the two greatest leading actors my favorite director has done multiple films with and now he's going to be directing them in the same movie, have to go Whoa. see it. And apparently this is a based on a true story. One of the greatest things I can say about it is it, it feels, feels that way. It feels true. <laughs> yeah. Like the entire time out of a three and a half hour experience, it just rings authentic. It never, ever delves into a Hollywood, even when you think it's going to go like a Hollywood (laughs) trope, it never goes to the Hollywood
1: trope you think it's going to go to. This is not a Christopher Nolan period piece. (laughs) No, no, there's nothing that feels fantastical about it, you know? No, it very much feels like a fly on the wall. It has almost like a documentary Mm -hmm. type quality. If you've ever seen like a Ken Burns, you know, American history, it it has that kind of aura. (laughs) And to the point
0: of how authentic it feels, um, I've got to tell you guys what this movie is about. Something, again, we did not know about, which felt like a big educational experience, I must say.
1: Well, it makes you want to read.
0: So in the 1920s uh, in Oklahoma, the sage, they discovered oil, which brought them a lot of wealth. And then with having wealth, you
1: know, sometimes white people step in and they go, hey, hey let me actually, let me explain. Please, this. please take <laughs> yeah, it away. What course. did you guys do? Well, you know, we saw the opportunity and we we're like, how can we ingratiate ourselves to what is... Clearly, something we are owed by just being here at clearly. all. Clearly, you know. how yeah. do you plant Our your seed, destiny, and t- baby? Plant your seed <laughs> and then ma- manage to take away the
0: fortune. Yeah. yeah, and maybe that involves murdering some people so that way you can speed up the process of inheritance. I don't down know the way. nothing, Greg. I don't know nothing. <laughs> it explores that main topic, a uh, largely forgotten part of history. It also was, a, I, I believe, one of the earliest cases, if not the first major case, of the FBI. Like oh, wow. the, uh, the way they yeah. talk about it, at least in this
1: movie. Yeah, certainly. Right? Certainly, it feels like it's a, a fresh occurrence You know, and there's already all this you know federal suspicion anyway so now to have you know investigators coming out from there
0: yeah it is a cold film it is a taut film it is one that definitely requires um a lot of patience i will say that like the first hour to an hour and a half like it it does have it's like a, it is a slow movie the last half of this movie is where you really start to get a lot more of like that payoff for your patience where a lot of the intensity does start to really unfold because a lot of it's always like it's it's consistently interesting but then that's when it starts getting like oh wow the corruption is getting really intense at this point but let's talk about the performances really quick now obviously DiCaprio the star of this movie uh, he plays a guy named Ernest who meets up with his uncle played by bob de niro bobby d <laughs> bobby d who is the villain of this movie he he's someone who likes to you know pose as righteous and a man for the people and i'm, I'm one i'm one of these other white people i'm one of the ones who's good i'm good one with of the, the good people. ones i
1: speak your language <laughs> yeah. i know your customs and he, i'm here for you he knows how to
0: take advantage of Everyone, and it's one of De Niro's best performances uh, in years, probably mm. since *The Irishman*. <laughs> and him and DiCaprio do play off each other really well. It's a really twisted type of because it's his uncle, but it's more of a father-son dynamic.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely, and it's something that grows and ebbs and flows throughout. So it's something that's going to really give you the weight of that clash that you want between these two heavyweights. And then you got Leonardo DiCaprio playing,
0: um, I think, his third Southern drunk, bumbling idiot. <laughs> Fucking miserable drunk. Yes, yes. But this the, time, the biggest idiot. The he's biggest play. Honestly, it's a it's a really great performance. It is. It, it is. It's very believable. Like he just he's like a rotting pumpkin in this movie. You know, he what really I mean?
1: is. Yeah, and he's such a sad sack, mush mouthed kind of guy. And if he had any kind of like, you you spend the movie wishing he would grow a spine. But that's part of what's interesting about the character in general is how he is completely manipulated and pushed around by every circumstance around him, except for one. You know, which is uh, the the third, you know, kind of biggest performance of the movie, I would say, which is Lily Gladstone, which Hope everyone's that. highlighting, certainly for good reason. Yeah,
0: Lily Gladstone plays uh, DiCaprio's wife. She is uh, one the, one of the wealthy Osage people who uh, you know DiCaprio marries in this movie. It's tough to get into it without really spoiling anything like that. But De Niro wants DiCaprio to marry her for to inherit the wealth. Yes. And the thing is, DiCaprio <laughs> part of the complexity with this character that makes him actually interesting is no he actually loves his wife truly yeah but her performance wow i cannot imagine the torture she went through <laughs> truly it, it is a very it's a restrained performance very when i heard people but raising her yeah it's when i heard people praising her work i thought it was going to be something where oh she's going to get a bunch of big scenes of of just uh, monologues of tears and stuff but it's yeah. the, actually the opposite of that while there's anguish in a lot of scenes it, it's a uh, surprisingly restrained but really she does
1: command the screen whenever she's there you know she really does she has a great presence and so much of the painful heart of the movie is told through her eyes basically very very strong there's a
0: great like cast all around what I loved about the casting in, in general is I didn't recognize 90% of them I feel like indigenous people who were cast and Native American people who were cast they, they felt like they were just real
1: people that they cast and I would
0: even say the same thing for the white people who were cast yeah in this, movie. this yeah. is full of, of great casting across the authentic and
1: yeah a bunch of character actors who look like they were just plucked out of the time yeah,
0: yeah like you eventually get some of your more famous people who do
1: show up, but it's often so late into the movie. It has that quality of the movie being so imbued by its time and place and the casting. Like, this is a movie that's very composed and everything from the production designs to the cast that fills those sets and those spaces. It all really feels, again, researched and lived in.
0: That's one of the best things I could say about it, is you could tell just, like, the analytical details about this, capturing this period piece to the point where you do feel like you're kind of plucked in time in one of the harshest ways you can imagine because there's nothing like flowery about the way its emotionality is expressed. Like a lot of times- Never like,
1: melodramatic.
0: The camera just lingers on scenes, you know? A lot of times like, oh man, we haven't cut away from this one guy just talking for a very long time. There's a lot of great scene work, a lot of great performances, very really performance reliant. And I think the one thing with the experience of it is the movie does did kind of weirdly out of three and a half hours kind of keep me at a distance it does yeah because it is so cold that i never really got emotionally like i appreciate everything the movie's doing and i love what the the top i don't love what it, it it's about but i i love that the movie's doing this story you know yeah however i never quite got emotionally hooked into someone's journey you know the, to the point where i'm on the journey with them kind of the thing you want out of a three and a half hour yeah, film yeah and, and nor is it like a goodfellas for example which is which is kind of funny to me because there were earmarks of this that are like oh well, even though it's completely different from the things scorsese's become famous for a lot of it's, it's actually a little there. bit
1: of a mob movie No, <laughs> <Yeah>, it is <laughs> certainly or like a crime family crime family to, yeah it, just just circa the old west but yeah a lot of that yeah. like yeah crime organization made man stuff you know yeah yeah it's the way how he did irishman which was a mob movie
0: that it felt very meditative this is kind of like that with a more of a period piece slant and kind of a dark, dramatic, western flair to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that neo-western
0: sort of noir kind of thing. Yeah, as it has that like percolating drum bass beat
1: throughout. Yeah, uh, I really a, liked the music in this. I thought it was nicely kind of a, a blend of things that would come after, but things that are also very rooted in native music. Yes, it shines a great light on the horrible atrocities that went down, and it is an important story
0: to tell. You could feel how important this story is. You could feel how, the fervor behind the filmmaking, the writing behind it as well and while the dialogue does feel very true at the same time i could definitely feel the movie's runtime and while i think the last half is way more engaging than the first half i still was never quite as emotionally pulled in in a way that was beyond an observation piece. Yeah,
1: there's (laughs) certain fascination to be had and and certainly things to ruminate on when you're watching so many of the purveyors of these atrocities, both through greed and machination and also through dim-wittedness and and the kind of painful mess that all of that represents. And the thing for me was I really, really liked so much of the work that was on display throughout the movie. It's beautifully shot, lots of great compositions, lots of great acting, like you said. The Molly character, Lily Gladstone's character, is the closest the movie brings you to having like an emotionally sympathetic eye line, but even with her, it kind of. Keeps you at an arm's length, so yeah. I wish it's... it was a little bit more from her perspective. I do too. Yeah, because I, I I feel like after a while, I can imagine certain viewers sort of feeling like maybe we are dipping into tragedy, suffering, porn a little bit—the kind of thing cinephiles love. Sure, <laughs> that's cinema baby. For three and a half hours, you know. While it is an important story, uh, it's also you know there are arguments to be had about how not to just make it a slog. Theme through trauma town, basically. Yeah. Not to say that those things aren't legitimate, but yeah, there is a coldness that I could see certain people maybe not being able to latch onto. I'm still really glad that I watched it because I, I
0: truly felt like it's rare I watch a movie where I'm I really I really feel like I learned something from this movie yeah and, and like, like I want spent... to unpack it and I want
1: to like, I want to go uh, learn more I want to
0: read about this and it's yeah. one of those movies that's clearly so much about its message I actually want to learn more about the message yeah you know? totally that's a good that's a good way to describe it I think yeah and that's on just me being kind and it was the feeling that I had
1: like I had to look it up after because I'm like man was this DiCaprio guy just such a dumbass in real life like I have to look it <laughs> <laughs> it does sort of remind it, it reminded me of like of the master in that kind of way where you have this protagonist who you're like is this guy going on an arc or a journey or is he just kind of bumbling his way and and just being direct is he just a true pawn in this horrible horrible game that you know yeah has so many different touchstones in american history from
0: a technical filmmaking standpoint i would give it like a like a 9 out of 10 from just a movie going
1: experience i would probably honestly just give it like a 7 out of 10 yeah we're probably in in agreement Yeah, (laughs) like there's so much to appreciate but if you're really going to be swept up in the movie that's kind of that'll vary yeah
0: that definitely varies i heard some
1: people walking out who really loved
0: it and i heard some others who were like eh. yeah yeah and, and i'm more like no i got like two feelings about it and those are my two feelings guys leave your thoughts down below of what your favorite scorsese film is thank you to imax again we got to get out of here uh <laughs> pull us out with <laughs> thank the big you guys cane. for listening
1: to us talk <laughs>